Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tiantian with your market view. Now, the Singapore stock market is in focus today as we wrap up the first business week of 2023. Now, some market watchers, they may find the Singapore market a little bit boring with a benchmark STI built on value stocks and bank stocks that are defensive in nature. But against the backdrop of higher interest rates and market volatilities, these stocks can potentially offer greater levels of defense during volatile times. And that was evident in 2022 because the STI bucked regional trend to gain 4.1% for the year. So how should we go about investing in the Singapore stock market and which companies should we be looking out for? Well, for more, let's speak to Terence Wong, CEO of Azure Capital. Hi, Terence. Are you there? Hey, Tintin. Thank you very much for making the time for us. Well, Terence, to get us started, the Singapore Straits Times Index, right, ended 2022 about 4.1% higher. One of the biggest gainers of the year, especially if you compare against the S&P 500, the Hang Seng, or the MSCI All Country World Index. What are the drivers behind that strong performance? And to what extent is this due to the limited exposure to tech? Limited exposure to tech, I would say, is almost the full extent. Wow. Uh, the reason why we totally underperformed in 2020 is exactly now the reason why we outperformed in 2022. So if you look at the, the index, I think we've spoken a few times regarding the constituents of it. Mm. And I think it's very, very telling. If you were to compare the STI, which is barren of tech, versus the MSCI Singapore. Yeah. And MSCI Singapore, you know, it has the likes of C and Grab. And that one was down more than 10%. So there's actually a very, very stark contrast between the two. Mm. So if you look closely at the, the STI, the index constituents, obviously the banks have a big, it's one of the heavyweights. So the three local banks did well, wrote on the back of rising NIMS in the current rising interest rate environment. And that actually very much supported the, the, the share prices. And, and mm. that sort of negated the drop in the likes of the REITs as well as property guys. Mm. And talking about the banks, you mentioned banks earlier being the heavyweight, in fact, comprise about 44% of the STI. How would you expect the STI to perform or to hold up for the first quarter of 2023? Because we will continue to see high interest rates and an inflationary environment, at least for the start of the year, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. I think the market expects the rate hike to peak sometime, probably this quarter, Mm. And if that holds, uh, we'll be seeing a still higher and a more stable uh, interest rate environment. Mm. It's not like last year where you see the interest rate start to like rocket up to what this generation may think that it is unprecedented. Right. Uh, but if you go all the way back to the 1990s or early 2000s, the early noughties, um, actually th- these are the rates that people uh, were used to. And with this more stable rate, the impetus that was driving uh, the NIMS last year be very, very much subdued. I think the banks, some people may think, or some investors, are still positive on it. For me, I'm uh, more neutral on the banks. Mm, right, right. Well, in the meantime, Terence, uh, Singapore also the largest REIT market in Asia x Japan. So how would you expect REITs to fare amid signs that, you know, the US, even though it has signaled that uh, rates will still remain high, it's not done with inflation yet, but it may slow the pace of rate increases this year. So how would that weigh on the performance of STI for 2023? REITs as an investment group was actually the second worst performer behind uh, the tech sector. Right. Uh, in in uh, Amongst the, the Singapore market, 
but with the pausing of the rate hikes, uh, I think that this is going to be positive for the REITs. I will look out for the REITs with low debt, high use, strong balance sheet. Uh, but it is not exactly a rising tide that will list every REIT. Uh, I, I think that we still need to be very, very selective given that the interest rates, even though it has stabilized, is still high. And many of the REITs, you know, how, how have they been growing? They've been fueled by debt. Right. Uh, the mm. good, good news is that uh, the the debt levels are still very much contained amongst the REITs, uh, but uh, they are, they still take on a fair bit of debt, and so that that will actually uh, crimp uh, some of the the REITs. But you look at the valuations; uh, it is nowhere as, uh, or it is a lot more well. Con- uh, it is a, a lot more attractive compared to what it was last year. Hmm. So let's look at individual stocks, Terence, and I really want to get your insights on this. Which are the top three stand-up performers on the uh, performers on the SGX for 2022 and for 2023? Which are the stocks uh, for uh, stocks to watch? Well, for, for 2022, uh, many of the stocks, well, the standout performers, um, they are. Uh, I mean, the the likes of uh, Parson Retail, Dynamax, so yeah. Samudera shipping, right? Uh, they're not exactly the most well-known of stocks, uh, mm. I think. And, and all of them have uh, risen for different reasons, like parks and retail, uh, up 8-4 last year because of the reopening in Malaysia. And plus, the debate base was like tremendously low. Mm. Uh, Dynamic uh, share price very closely correlated to oil prices. Um, and uh, even the, the, the headline uh, net profit uh, surged by 75%. But if, if the... It would, could have been a lot higher if the the the, the oil prices uh, remained at the highs of 120 of last year, but uh, it has fallen to about 74 dollars as we speak. Uh, Samudera shipping beneficiary beneficiary of higher freight uh, freight rate rates, and you know freight rates have like gone berserk. Many mm-hmm. of these large freight players like um, Evergreen, where right, you were reporting over 50 months of bonus. To oh yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Amazing, right? but but I I think I think that uh all these uh the the all these guys were beneficiary of COVID of the lockdowns, um and and I think that if you look at the numbers, it will likely plummet uh this year. Um, mm-hmm. in the new year, uh, probably we'll be looking at some of the reopening plays. Uh, reopening. I I know we have reopened already, but yeah. now there's gonna be a wave. Right, uh, we're just counting down to Singapore getting a lot more densely populated mm-hmm. uh, with the China reopening its doors. I I, I hear right. that uh, this is one of the most popular spots, and with mm. over a couple of hundred million Chinese out there with the passports ready at the gates. I I, I you know globally, you know everywhere is just going to be a lot more crowded. Mm. Uh, with the maybe China. So so I I, I think that uh, I think that this. Uh, is going to uh, have a positive impact on our hospitality sector. I see. Now, if you're just tuning in, we are now in conversation with Terence Wong, CEO at Sure Capital. Well, Terence, on 
well, we talked about individual stocks and uh, speaking of companies, right? There's some sad news out of Singapore yesterday. One of uh, our most famous tech entrepreneurs, Creative Technologies founder, Sim Wong Hu, had died. And shares, uh, in fact, at one point was up 40% on VSGX and closed 24.5% higher yesterday. Any reason as to why this might be the case? Because some were speculating that it could be because Mr. Sim's stick may be put up for sale. Um, well, indeed, sad news. I mean, yeah. uh, when, uh, many years ago, I, I think that, uh, you know, he has really made an impact on the, the technology sector. He's mm. been a great inspiration to many of the current yeah. entrepreneurs, right? Um, but in terms of the stocks, uh, you know, he, he does hold a sizable stake. And, uh, given that, uh, I feel that, you know, in recent years, uh, there's not been many new products. Um, as well as, you know, the, the company is rather sleepy. Uh, there's like no development, uh, no impetus or on no excitement, uh, the stock price. So right now with, uh, with the demise and, uh, there's, there's, there are talks that, you know, this stake will go to somebody that could possibly like rejuvenate the company. Mm. And, uh, all this, uh, I think, uh, the markets actually took it positively. I see. Well, um, away from creative technologies, Terence, Hong Kong listed Comba Telecom, uh, Telecom Systems have completed a secondary listing on the SGX midweek. Uh, it's the first company to list on the main board this year and shares closed at 25.5 Singapore cents, some 202,000 shares changed hands on the first day of trading. What are your thoughts on its first day performance? Well, for Comba, I think it made a relatively steady debut. Uh, when you consider that no new funds were raised, so punters were really non-existent. Uh, Comba is actually no stranger to Singapore, having opened mm. its first office here in 2013, uh, uh, the year that it actually listed in Hong Kong. And uh, from four uh, employees, actually grew to you know 25 right now, you know, tackling different functions. So that listing here is not only about the familiar familiarization, but also the displaying a sign of confidence that it has on the market here. Um, he actually worked with uh, Zhuo Changyi mm. at Marina One in building network coverage, enjoys good relationship with the local network operators from what I understand. Uh, and it has also made Singapore its international hub. So it's, uh, I, I think they are making a positive impact and they, they do look towards uh, Singapore. And importantly, I think that, you know, SGX have talked about uh, wing companies here for secondary listing and with the likes of Comba, I think it has been, it, it sort of like solidifies its case. Mm. Uh, SGX has worked hard, evidently, you know, it have attracted, uh, more secondary listings, uh, over the years. And I think that this is currently the 29th. Mm. So, uh, Comba's listing also comes at a time where SGX officials, they have been, uh, they're marketing the local boss as a destination for secondary listings. So, to what extent do you think we can see more of such uh, listings this year? Uh, I, I'm quite sure they're making, uh, they, they're actually like going all out mm. uh, when it comes to that. Um, whether secondary listings, and I'm sure that they would like some primary listings, some IPOs over yeah. here. And uh, I think over the last few months, the past year, two years, uh, they make too much talks about you know, privatization, uh-huh. being mm. taken out. Um, and and I, I think that, you know, SGX is still going to be very, very aggressive out there to promote itself as a great uh, listing destination.
Well, before we go, Terence, the Singapore market can be sometimes deemed by market watchers as uh, boring. But how attractive is it for retail investors to put their money in the SGX in the current economic climate? Well, there are a few things that uh, investors probably need to mull over. Uh, one is that uh, economically, uh, Singapore mm. being a small open economy, uh, we are susceptible susceptible to the likes of uh, economic weakening in Europe, in the US. I think that that's going to be a definite. But then on the other end of the scale, of course, you have uh, China bringing mm. in the visitors, uh, bringing in the money. Um, and, and I think that uh, even to, to balance both out, uh, I think it is going to be slightly positive. Mm. Uh, but that said, if the US and Europe were to fall into a worse off recession, mm. right, our uh, recession or technical recession will not be a shallow one. Uh, but uh, so, so uh, I think investors in the near term would, would, would probably be okay. They would take a wait and see attitude. But uh, what's like, if you're look, looking from now to uh, year end, uh, I think there are many, many opportunities. Uh, in fact, if you were to look at the valuation of uh, the STI, currently it is trading south of 12 times, right? right? Which is attractive. Um, the the it's trading at uh, minus two times standard deviation. Um, and, and the dividend yield, uh, because you've been talking so much about it being a value playground, yeah. dividend yield at four at non four four percent, that uh, again is attractive. So if the markets were to come off because of external events, um, I think that it is a it it presents opportunity for us to actually accumulate on the Singapore market. Uh, right. Yeah, but attractiveness aside, one very quick question that I think uh, I really want to ask before we let you go, Terence, is that. Uh, do you think it will be exciting or boring to trade in the Singapore stock market for 2023? <laughs> boring or exciting? Mm. I, I think if you can spot the right winners, right, uh, sometimes you can just run. But, but of course, <laughs> That's the big uh, market, question, isn't yeah, it? <laughs> but, but, but of course, if, if you're talking about, you know, just uh, looking at the markets, yeah. general markets, versus that of um, the US, Hong Kong, uh, to be fair, mm. we, we don't have companies that will bounce up uh, significantly, you know, uh, or as many companies that have the capacity and the mm. capability to yeah. bounce, make that kind of bounce, right? Mm. But sometimes <laughs> boring is good. Boring yeah. is great. Yeah. Okay. As long as you make money, who cares whether it's boring or not, right? After all, money talks, isn't it? Thanks yeah, very much, Terence. That was Terence no Wong, CEO of Azure Capital, and hope you have an exciting week ahead. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.